That would be awesome. Actually, I guess I should go get a clicker. Yeah, you gotta drag it to the other side and then press. Oh, you have to exit OpenLP. Like, uh, yeah. And then it should work. Awesome. Huh. Oh, did I do something? Maybe this clicker won't work. Because uh, forward does nothing. Let's try this one. No, okay, Google. Google doesn't work with clickers, so I'll just have to ask you to advance slides for me. Yeah. But I'll keep the laser pointer. Oh, it's dead. Oh, maybe this one works. No, but this works. All right, sorry for the technical difficulties. Um, so let's start by uh, greeting you, I guess. So welcome. <laughs> Thanks for being here, and it's good to see you. And I hope that uh, you'll be encouraged and that the Lord would bless you. And so let's start by praying and um, asking the Lord for his guidance. Thank you, God, for our lives. Thank you for this place where we can worship and where we can fellowship and for your son, for the salvation that you have wrought for us. You've made a way for us, Lord. We thank you and and we love you, Lord, and I pray that tonight uh, that you would encourage us from your word and that, um, that we would receive food and encouragement from your word, from you, Lord. And I pray that um, I've prepared, God, but I pray that you would help me to um, handle your word in a way that's worthy and pleasing to you, God. And I pray that you would Give me courage to not cling to my notes, but to, to speak as you would have me to speak, Lord. I pray that my words would be few and that your words would be full tonight. And um, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. So I have like a lot of slides, but some of them are really simple, so it should be okay. It should balance out. And so I put this image here to make you think of a train running on tracks. And, you know, kind of going in a straight line. And I put this word surrender here to make you think about choices. And I'm just wondering if this is messing me up. Okay. Well, maybe it's not that. Okay. Um, and so, you know, trains are pretty cool. And uh, as far as I know, they are the most efficient way to transport things over land. And there's a lot of really great benefits to trains, but flexibility and versatility aren't really among the benefits. So they pretty much just go on the tracks. You can go between tracks with switches, but pretty much it's just station to station and you just move forward or backwards and that's it. There's not a lot of steering to go on. Maybe when you look at this, you think of the pipeline blockade and ongoing news, but don't think about that right now. Think about something else, okay? So next slide. All right, so this is up here, and uh, so what is this? Multi-tool, multi yeah. So this is a multi-tool. Yeah, 
So this is a tool that, uh, if it works as advertised, can do anything under the sun. So if you believe what Leatherman or Swiss are trying to sell you, um, this tool can do any job. It's like a multi-tool, really useful. So I think in Christian spiritual life, surrender is like the train tracks, and it's like this multi-tool. And I hope this becomes clear as I go on. Kind of made sense in my head. thought it was a good way to break the ice. And, um, and so, you know, we face challenges as Christians, and it's normal to face challenges. We have problems we need to fix, and we need tools to attack these problems. And so I would propose to you that surrender is kind of like a multi-tool, like it works in Christian spiritual life for like every problem, and it's amazing. And so remember these two pictures? I think it's easier to remember pictures than it is words. So try and remember the, the train tracks and the multi-tool as we go. So next point, next slide, please. All right, so these are the main points that I'd like to go over with relation to the idea of surrender. And so, so this first one sounds really strange. You're dead until you die. And second, you rest on a finished work. And third, you have an incorruptible inheritance. And all of these, I'd like to pretty much, they're all the same point, really. I'm just wanting to talk about surrender and surrendering to the Lord. And perhaps these are just three ways of looking at one issue, not really three different things. And I could just as well put me, like I am dead until I die and I rest on a finished work. These apply to me, I'd like to say, but that would be a really weird way to talk to you, so I won't do that. But okay, so first point, uh, you're dead until you die. So next slide, please. All right, so Ephesians 2, 1 to 7. If you'd like to turn to your Bible, uh, that would be great, but otherwise, it's up there. So it says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all formerly lived in the lusts of our flesh, Indulging in the desires of the flesh and of the mind, we were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. Those words will never wear out, okay? You can hear that as many times as you want. Like, these are the best words. And so I want to highlight something very simply, in as simple a way as I could think about it. So we're going to start drawing pictures, because whenever I want to explain something, I, I like using pictures. So next slide, please. Okay, this is your life. So this is a timeline of your life, or my life. And you probably did these in like grade four or something. You know, you're just like, you're like, okay, this time, this line represents time. Next slide. Okay, so presumably, if you're like me, at the beginning, you were born. And that's where it all starts for you, okay? Next slide. And if, like me, you've been saved at some point, hopefully for everyone, <laughs> You've been born again, 
And so next slide. Between being born and born again, we were all dead in transgressions, as God's word just said. And so I just wanted to make this like abundantly clear in a really simple way. Like you're dead until you die. And I think like sometimes salvation is made out to be different things, but this is a really clear way, I think, to put it. All right, to me, I don't know, it makes a lot of sense in my head. You're dead until you die. You're dead in transgressions. You're dead. You're not alive until you die to sin. And next slide. After you're born again, after you surrender your life to Christ, then you can be alive. And so it just, for me, this surrender thing, it it has clicked in a way that has been really challenging for me, and I hope that when you think about how you might disciple someone, maybe, since in this room, probably more people are concerned with discipling people, not with, you know, getting saved. But surrender has been a really big idea for me. Like, it has influenced my way of thinking about things. Next slide. Romans 6, 6, for if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay. It's like an essential axiom for Christians, all right? If we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, we have to surrender our lives to Christ's death. We have to surrender our sin nature to his death on the cross. We can't keep, like, both to let go of the old nature and assume the new nature. Knowing that this that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Okay, so you're dead until you die. You're dead in sins until your sin nature dies with Christ on the cross, and then you're free from sin after that. So, like, we have freedom from sin in Christ. And, and so for me, this is all about surrender. This might not appear to be like surrender on the surface, okay, but when I think about this in terms of surrender, I think it clicks in a way that's good. So next slide. Like, to make it abundantly simple, okay, you're dead from here to here. Surrender this to get this. And there is no both, okay? And so I think like, this needs to be really clear for people who are beginning their Christian life because it's like that train on the track. Like, you can't have a train on two tracks. It's not going to work. There's just, like, it's a narrow thing, and it involves surrender. So it involves surrender because so many people try to cling to both, and, and it's like time after time we, we share the gospel with people. And, and it's like, okay, well, I hear what you're saying. It sounds really good, like grace, free gift, okay. I know I'm a sinner, but, you know, I really think my good works count for something. Like, maybe not a lot, but even with this Christ thing, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll stick with the gospel of Christ plus blank. And this is like what we, this is what we encounter like all the time. Uh, people are sometimes accepting, not accepting, 
But I think what gets people hung up is this surrender thing because it has to be like a 100% surrender of sinful life, like of, of natural life. Like to receive 100% salvation, you have to give 100% of, of, of past, of natural life, of, of this natural person. So it's not like 99% Christ and 1% works. I think some Christians can be there and, and be like, uh, you know, I still have some responsibility to do good works so that it, it kind of like, you know, it like goes into the mix somehow and then salvation comes out. No. Okay, we need to rest and surrender and repose in Christ and put the full weight of our sin-sick souls on his sacrifice, and we have to surrender to Christ completely. I, I think that gets lost sometimes. I don't know. So the, the, this picture helped me, and I think if I was discipling someone, surrender would be involved in the approach. Like this idea clicks, I think, and so it clicks. Let's uh, keep going on the next slide. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him alive together with him. There's not like life apart from Christ. That's like not a thing. There's only really one eternal life, God's, Christ's. And we get to share that life, but it's not like we get our own little individual eternal life that we can be like, okay, well, this one's mine and you can't have mine. This is like my little eternal life over in my little bubble. No. And... And so it's like, yeah, and so continuing, having forgiving us, forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of the decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So it mentions these decrees against us, and this is like the law. And so this surrender thing also relates not just to being born again, not just to... Um, having life, but also to the law and our personal sanctification. Surrender weighs in, for sure, on personal sanctification, and it is like the only way to receive personal sanctification of God. And so that was the first point, you're dead until, you're, until you die. And so continuing on, let's go on to the next point, next slide. You rest on a finished work, and I think this is more related, I mean, they're all kind of mixed together, but this is more related to um, personal sanctification than just like raw salvation. So this is Colossians 2. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trans... Wait, sorry, I'm on the wrong slide on my paper. Ha! I knew something was wrong. Sorry about that. Okay, you rest on a finished work. I got lost there. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, as Christians, we want to be like doing a good job, you know, most of us, all of us perhaps, want to be like obedient to God. I, I mean, once we're saved, we all have that. We have that desire. We want to be about our Father's business. And all of us struggle with temptation, with the old sinful man, and we all want to live a sanctified and holy life. And so, to me, the key to this, that, you know, I've, I've been living this way, but not realizing, and, and the, 
surrender thing helped me to kind of realize like what it is, how it is, like the way to be living the holy life that God wants. And it's through surrender. It's not through just effort or just conviction, just like try really hard or willpower. We really need to just surrender to God's finished work and then live that. And it's, that totally changes everything for me because, you know, and if I was discipling someone, I would say like, this is something you really need to know. It's not just like you have to try really hard now that you're a Christian to not sin. You don't just like put on behavior of, of being a good person now. You don't just like suppress your sin nature now that you're a Christian and, and wear nice clothes. This is a transformation and a different way of living that is like fundamental and the approach is fundamentally different and that approach I think is surrender. So next slide please. So it is finished. So Hebrews 1.3 says, when he had made purification of sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. He sat down because his work is finished. Colossians 3, therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. We need to seek those things that are above, but here we see Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And so he's not here on earth making a sacrifice for our justification he did that. It's done. And so if, if justification is a finished work, then there's nothing to add to it. And so with our personal sanctification, it's not that somehow our works mix in at all. It doesn't factor in, okay? It's a finished work, and we need to rest in that finished work. We repose in Christ. We rest in Christ. We lay our souls on Christ's sacrifice, and we can't allow our flesh to rise up and say, okay, well, I want a part of this deal, whatever this is going on, like, I'm back, I want to, you know, I still want to have my own little sphere or something. No, just surrender, surrender to Christ's finished work, that's all it is. Next slide, please. Ephesians 2, 4 to 9, it's like a continuation of what we were reading earlier. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated with him. He's seated because it's a finished work, and we are seated because we rest in his finished work. We are his workmanship, verse 10, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. This really changed things for me. The surrender idea is really, I think it's a really good thing for my view of, of what it is to be a Christian. Let's go to the next slide. It is finished. Surrender your works. This is the Galatians 3, okay? This is the only thing I want. This is, uh, this is actually a reproach. This is a criticism. So, this is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing with faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? So, that's kind of like what I've been saying. Um, like, we can't just turn back suddenly you know, having begun by the Spirit, having begun by faith, suddenly turn around and say, okay, well, now I need to add works to faith to, like, make things complete somehow. I don't agree with that. I mean, works 
have a place, but that was what we covered in the last slide. It says, we are his workmanship created for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Okay, so these are really God's works. He prepared them beforehand. It's like they're done already, and we're to walk in them. And so I think we get mixed up as Christians sometimes, and we reduce what it is to surrender to God into just something much less like, oh, I'm just going to have a little, I'm going to have good habits in my life. Actually, that's, you know, I think that's what sanctification really is. I'm going to have some good habits. I'm going to, like, five minutes devotion before I go to bed, probably, like, five minutes of prayer, and then, like, oh, man, I'm exhausted. Spiritually, that was just like a marathon because it's just your flesh. It's just you're trying to form habits. I'm trying to form habits in the flesh to add to surrender to Christ. But really, where it started is where it finished. Like, it is finished. It says in John 19, you know, Jesus received the sour wine, and he said, it is finished. And we have to rest in that finished work. We have to surrender our works. We have to surrender our, our desire to add to this, because I don't think that's a good desire. We need to just worship God and just say, thank you, Lord, that I am a saved sinner. And it's not natural, it's not easy, but it is spiritual, it is supernatural. And so we're not supposed to be idle, I'm not saying that at all. There are works, but they're God's works, not our works, and to God be the glory. There is no way to add to Christ's works. No, like, devotional schedule, no prayer warrior schedule, I don't know, those things are good. But we have to go about them the right way. We're, we need to seek surrender to God in our devotional life, in our spiritual life. In terms of our, our salvation, it's surrender. In terms of our personal holiness, it's surrender. In terms of our good works, it's surrender. We just need to surrender to God. He's already got it all figured out. And I think sometimes confusion is created where there really doesn't need to be any. You know, with God's work, rejection can come, possibly persecution, possibly great difficulty, pain, trials, persecution. It's not out of the question. Where do we go then? Is our, is our habits going to save us then? You know, our, our five-minute devotional. I read the daily bread. It's okay. You know, someone comes knocking at your door someday in the future. Are you a Christian? No daily bread anymore. It's not going to be enough. We just need to surrender. We only have one weapon against persecution. Surrender to Christ. Surrender to God. Surrender our very lives if need be. But don't make it any less. And I think in my life, you know, that helps me a lot to understand what it is that I need to do on this earth. Next slide. You have an incorruptible inheritance. This is, once again, just like another way of looking at the same thing, I think. In this life, we have needs, yes. We have fears. We have worries about those needs. Like, ah, uh, am I going to pay those bills? Or, uh, I probably need a job. Or whatever, my car's not working right. Fridge isn't working right. Dishwasher's not working right. Nothing works right. All right. Just meeting the basic demands of life can be a challenge. Depends on who you are, I think. Depends on what you're born with. 
to some extent how much energy you just have in the course of a day. For some people, like a normal average day is a really, really hard day. There's a lot to do to stay in good health, get exercise, try and cook good food, try and keep your home nice and clean, go to school, get a job. Like, I don't really think anyone is trying to sell the idea that this is all easy before or after you're a Christian. Like, everyone faces trials in general. But as Christians, we specifically face more trials relating to our spiritual adversaries, the flesh, the world, and the devil. Okay, if we want to live as victorious Christians as God instructs us to live, there needs to be a little bit more than just even non-believers can achieve like a, a, a victorious quote quote life, you know, like a, a seemingly good life on the surface. They might even be really nice people, good people. Okay, but what is different about our walk on this earth compared to everyone else, right? It's it's got to be different. We have an incorruptible inheritance. We need to surrender and live in light of that inheritance and what is really going on in the spiritual realm. So next slide. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons and daughters, to be children of God. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. We're heirs of God if we're children of God. We're heirs of God. That's a big deal. That's a, a really big deal. Um, well, let's see. God, let's talk about the size of that inheritance, okay? The size of God's wealth is like, unimaginable. He is the God of the universe. Our earth, our entire earth, and everything on it is like one speck of dust, tiny speck of dust. All the gold and wealth in the world is like nothing to God. He is vastly wealthy, and that's just materially. He is spiritually rich in terms of the glory, His holiness, the riches of His glory. That's that's where we want to get to. And that would be back in Ephesians again. Next slide. Um, I won't read all this for time's sake, but just for the last verse, it says in 18. It says, Abba, Father, again, it's kind of like similar. Uh, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not to be worthy, not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. The glory, the glory of God, that's really our inheritance. I think that's really what it's all about. And so next slide. I, I think I really put too much here. Um, yeah, and trials once again. The sufferings of this present time and various trials, like we have challenges. Yeah, it's true. But how do we deal with challenges? What is like a good strategy to deal with challenges? You know, various trials that distress us. Maybe just for a little while if necessary, but you know, they will come, right? How can we rejoice despite trials? Okay, and so I believe that surrender is the key to unlock an attitude that allows us to live this way. 
in light of our inheritance, imperishable, undefiled, it will not fade away. It's reserved in heaven for you. Is this true or is it not true? Do our lives reflect this or not? We need to surrender to the facts, the facts of the riches of God's glory. We can't walk around on this earth blind to what God has for us. We need to surrender our lives to what he wants to do with our lives. Because really, it's, if we could go back to that timeline, we, I don't want you to, but like that little part that we surrender, actually, yeah, go back. Go back to that. Like this, this, this is short. This is like not a lot of time. This arrow goes on for eternity, forever. And so how we use this it only happens once, and it's very short. But this is going to be forever. It's going to go on for eternity. It's, it's, if we're aware of this life, if we know about this, if this is true, what are we doing with this? We need to surrender this life to God in light of the eternal life that he's given us. Do we believe it or not? I think that for me, this has helped me a lot in terms of what is it that, that I can offer to God? It's a good question. If we could advance back to surrender to the riches of God, God's glory. Pre previous, previous, previous. Yes. Good. You know, God, you know, these daily challenges, they're like nothing. We don't need to worry about those. Ultimately, God will meet those needs. He's more than able to meet those needs, those daily needs. All the earth is the Lord's. We need to surrender these things to God. We can trust him to take care of us. Our natural temptation in life is to take the load on ourselves and to moan and groan about it. That's like what we do. We complain, we take it on ourselves, and we complain. It's not a good strategy. A good strategy is to surrender to God. He's got this. He's got you. He's got this. Yeah, sometimes I feel like people live as Christians sometimes. Um, you know, maybe I've thought this way at some time, like that God is poor and needs a charitable donation from us. Okay? Nothing could be further from the truth. God doesn't need a sacrifice. Okay? God doesn't need some animal to be slaughtered for a burnt offering. God doesn't need a tithe. Okay? These things are good in the right place, but what God needs, not needs, what God desires from us, what God desires from me, what God desires from you, is a rightful attitude and a heart that is faithful and surrendered to him, to be malleable in his hands. I think there is no better illustration of this than Luke 15.31. If you could turn to Luke 15.31, I think, I think this is a good, good thing. Luke 15, this is just the last two verses, and you know the story already, so I don't need to read it. And he said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for this brother of yours was dead, and has begun to live, and was lost, and has been found. So the older brother is pretty much in the non-surrender state. He's like, but father... I've been here and serving you. Like, doesn't that count for something? 
Do we want to be the older brother or the younger brother in this case? I think that our flesh and our pride gets in the way, and it's, it's really not a natural way. It really doesn't necessarily sit well at first. But in, in the story, the older brother, like, is outside of the rejoicing. And we want to be in the joy of the Lord. And he's rich. And he's forgiven us. And so I think it's easy to, to become the older brother and be like, yeah, okay, like, now I'm a Christian and I'm just going to, like, keep doing my thing. And then God should reward me, I guess, because he needs me to do that. God doesn't need us to do that. God is mighty to save. It's all about him. It's not about us. Does God really need our strength? Isn't he strong enough without us? Does he need our wealth? Isn't he rich enough without us? What does God really desire from his children? He wants our participation, yes. He wants our fervent prayers, yes. He wants us to labor, yes. He's, he tells us the fields are white with harvest. Okay, so if you've been outside and looked around with your eyeballs, you probably don't get that impression spiritually that the fields are white with harvest, okay? Just bursting with fruit. Just reach out, someone's saved. Boom, just like that. Seems simple. Seems really easy, okay? Think about the monumental effort it takes to bring one Christian to maturity, and let me know if you think you'd be willing to take that on. From born again to mature believer who's ready to, like, be a missionary. Would you personally be ready to disciple someone that much? And that's just one, okay? Okay, even just someone being born again, think of a seed falling to the ground and dying, and somehow it starts to grow into a plant. Like, if I ask you to, like, do that to a seed, you are incapable. You're fundamentally ill-equipped to do this. And so we are helpless and fundamentally ill-equipped to save people from sin and to bring about their personal sanctification. We're just, that's not what we're able to do. What can we do? We can surrender to God. We can surrender to God and say, Lord, you do it. All I'm going to do is make myself available to you, God. Do whatever you want with my life. I will give my life for your use, for your glory, it's yours. Here I am, send me. Make yourself available to God. And then he can do the work. We're not able to make a seed grow. It's just, it just does it with literal seeds. But with, with God's word, you know, it's, it's like that. You just sow God's word and God does it. God takes his word and, and he wants us to go and preach so that people can hear. He wants us to go and share the gospel so that people can hear and plant those seeds. And, and really, all that is is just being faithful to God's word. That's all it is. Just be faithful to God's word. Just surrender to God's word. It's not our own thing when it comes to gospel sharing, when it comes to witnessing. It's not like we get credit for it, okay? It is God's work. That work that goes on 
in the streets of Halifax. That is God's work. You just see him working, and you just say, praise the Lord. Praise God. Look, look what he's doing, and you're just, like, basically just standing there, just like, well, I don't, like, it just happens. And just love God's word, and just be in God's word, and it's there. It's, it's written in a book. Like, there's a bajillion copies. It's the most popular book on the planet. And, and it, it just seems so simple when you put it this way. Just surrender to it. It's not about effort. It's not about, I'm going to try really hard. It's not about habits. Surrender to God. Surrender your life. So let's review. Repetition, I hear, is really important for retention. So let's, let's go to the next slide. What did we say? You're dead until you die. People who don't have Christ, they're dead. Dead people walking all around, going to work, going home trying to love their kids. They don't know what's going on. They're dead. They need to hear God's word. We were once like that until surrender. Until you die, you're dead. Think about that timeline. I tried to make it simple, but I realized that not everyone like, thinks in pictures, so maybe that wasn't that good. Anyways, you rest. <laughs> you rest. I could tell from the response like that picture wasn't really <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was just, I'm just looking at my notes here. I can't look at you at the same time, so I can't tell. Anyways, you rest on a finished work, okay? Don't try to add to this work. Just surrender and rest in the work. Rest in it. Like you're, you're sleeping on a bed, you rest your whole weight on that bed. If you jump from a plane, you have a parachute, you're not counting on flapping your little arms to add to the parachute. It's just Christ said it is finished. Rest in it. Don't need to struggle with sin. It's done. Sin is gone. Sin is dead. Sin died on the cross. And I think, you know, for me personally, these, these are not easy things to grasp, I think. We need the Holy Spirit's help to understand this. But if I was being discipled, I think surrender would be a good word to be in the book. You have an incorruptible inheritance. I don't know what you want to do with your life, but don't waste it trying to gather pieces of paper or a big number in a virtual bank account. I don't know, like, what is that? It's just a number. It doesn't matter. God is rich. He's wealthy. He knows what wealth is. We don't even really understand what wealth is, I don't think. We don't understand glory, like God understands it. An incorruptible inheritance. We don't even have anything that's incorruptible. Name one thing that's not corruptible. Okay. Like, somehow you have that. It's in heaven. It's waiting for you. And just rest in that. Just surrender your soul to what you have already. The riches of God's glory. They're yours in Christ. God has blessed you abundantly beyond any blessing you can imagine. Just surrender your life to it and you know, don't worry about your dishwasher. It's fine. Maybe it's broken. It's not going to do a good job. That's okay. There's better things to worry about. Okay, one more. One more slide, and then, um, and then we can sing a song. We worship God. Surrender. So this is the third in my series of surrender pictures. <laughs> we had the train tracks, we had the multi-tool, and unfortunately, I think we have this. 
stumbling block. I think that surrender is a stumbling block for a lot of people, Christians included, non-Christians included too, like believers, non-believers. This surrender thing is really hard, I think, because it's not very natural. It doesn't come naturally. It's offensive. Scandal on. Scandal. It's a stumbling block. You know, God's grace is so alien to our old natural nature. It's so unnatural to our natural nature. I'll try saying that. Didn't I'm so fast? God's grace is just so foreign to people. I see this reaction all the time. If you watch people, you know, people literally turn their noses up at the gospel. Like they will, people will literally walk on the street with cars in order to not get close to us because we're preaching the gospel. It's offensive. It's offensive to them. They're offended. They don't like it. They don't, they don't want to be near it. They don't want to be near us because we're preaching it. It's the gospel. It's God's grace. It's a stumbling block. They don't want to surrender to God because we have this pride thing. And so as Christians, we can swallow or we have swallowed our pride to come to God with humility. And that's where everything begins. No one can come to God without being humble. Pride is the number one cause of death, I would say. Everyone needs to get around this somehow. By the grace of God, it is possible. No one is born with a broken and contrite heart. But somehow we all end up a little broken. We have to. We have to come to God this way. We have to come to God with humility and say, Oh God, me, a sinner, thank you, Lord. Like those two men who went to the temple, one of them surrendered, one of them didn't. So I think we get saved and then sometimes we think, yeah, okay, I'm not broken now, I'm good now. Thanks, God, be good now. Good habits, vegetables, exercise, five minutes devotion, five minutes prayer. Whew, what a life. <laughs> like, can we just get real about how much we need God? We need God. We need God every hour. We need God every minute. We need God every breath. We need to surrender to our Lord. It's not just a little thing. Surrender is just, it's blowing my mind the more I think about it. Next slide. I want to leave you with the, the first picture that we started on. I think this is a good picture when it comes to the idea of surrender. As our good friend C.S. Lewis would say, further in and further up. I think there's really only one way to go for Christians. We're like trains on tracks. I guess we can stay put. But if we want to move forward, it's just God all the way. Further in and further up, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords, unwillingly or willingly. But the idea here is all, every. And so I think it's fitting for us to bow the knee and surrender our 
present lives to Christ Jesus. And not just in a basic salvation way, but may we serve God in, with faithfulness like a train on a track, just not deviating. Just run this race. Just look at Christ and run. And don't bother surrendering to anything else. Don't surrender to sin. Don't surrender to greed. Just surrender to Christ. I hope that you've been blessed, and I think it'd uh, be a good song to sing if we could sing um, Scandal of Grace, if that's in the computer. Scandal of Grace? That's it. I'm just going to pray, and uh, hopefully that's in there. If not, I guess we'll pick a different one. <laughs> Thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, God, for your son. Thank you, God, for our lives. I pray, Lord, that you would Touch our hearts, help us to see you the way you see, Lord, the riches of your glory. Help us see the world you see it, help us to have compassion on others. Help us to prefer each other above ourselves, Lord. Help us to have humility. God, I thank you that you would save a wretch like me, God. And I pray that you'd bless us this week to come, preserve us, Lord. Defend us from the evil one. Pray in your son's most holy name, amen. Thank <laughs> you.